with you. Hello. Morning, everybody. How are you? All right. I'm good. I'm really good. Good. I am not. And I'll tell you why. Who knows how I like my coffee? <coughs> tell me now. You know me so well. Coffee mode. No, don't spray start spraying that. No. You don't want to spray that anymore. Well, I'll answer the question. You know I like it with lots of milk. Hot milk. What are we talking like about Like in now? France. What are you my coffee, about? my cafe. Oh, I thought you were talking about and, something else. And that's all the milk that we had. You like yours strong and dark and black with no milk. I thought that's what you were going to say. I like mine just with, yeah. How do you like yours, guys? What are we talking about? Just coffee, because it's oh. coffee moaning. And we want to say, <laughs> good morning, moaners. We've got lots to chat about I thought we were today. About I'm just going to get some maple syrup. Oh, maple syrup. Who is Mabel? Um, morning, everyone. Morning, Lee Durrant. Morning, Ellery Jones. I'm doing a live with Lee Durrant tonight at 6.30, revised time due to... Uh, oh, my God. Does anyone know we're doing a Curly Cooks Tonight Live? No, I didn't. I was unaware of this, which so is why, we, well, hang on, which is why me and Lee don't completely okay. clash, clash diaries. If you let me finish, we no, did I say it on Saturday, but you I were busy you filming. You were busy filming. But listen, guys, thank you for all the people that sent in recipes and the stories that went alongside them from your loved ones. We're going to be making some of them tonight, but actually I want to make all of them. Because we all can't. the stories, no, so. <laughs> oh, she's got what I've got. So we'll be doing more of them. So if your recipe and story isn't in tonight's one, it will um, be in the next one or the next one or the next one. And please keep sending them in. So a story about the person. Oh, some of them are just like so heartwarming, no, just so it. lovely. How are we going to do this? Are we going to we're going to have them printed out presumably so we can read the stories because presumably the stories are yes, please are if you can get the printer done. Yeah, yeah, okay, cool. So we'll read your little story out. No, the recipes are good as well. There's some I'm doing a I'm doing a, a very strange recipe that I've never a couple of very strange recipes today. That I've never I wasn't saying the recipes weren't good. I'm just saying that for that emotional warmth. Running through the exact ingredients of like tablespoons and that isn't going to be the bit that kind of gets people going. Oh, is it? Oh, please just get on. You're just like. Oh, babe, you are so annoying. Obviously, when did anyone in a cookery program read out the ingredients? Uh, well, never you and Dina. That's for sure. You've never ever given us the list of ingredients ever in your life. How will we know? Is it a surprise? Says Joni. It's a surprise. What is? Whether shirt. your recipe is coming out, Mark, please do, because we haven't got time today. You've got to concentrate. I don't want to repeat everything I'm saying to them, to you. Joni, it will be a surprise whose recipes are on this uh, episode and every episode. I want to do as many of them as I can because I love the stories and the emotion attached to the recipes and they just really feel good. So the whole show is family recipes today. But what we might do in other shows is every show have one or two family recipes with your stories attached. Ruth Blandford, good morning. I'm really happy an idea. I started HRT yesterday. Mm. Yeah. Good luck. Really Remember, good. there is a period of adjustment. Don't expect everything to, to be amazing straight off. Toffs. Well, she's not got her thing on. No, can you, can you sort that Enjoy out? Um, can see fun times ahead, says Gribbleton. I can't. I can see they're, they're just on this seat here, I think. Um, I'm all right, Zoe. Just, you know, it's, it's all a bit kind of, it's a bit upside down and topsy-turvy today. Topsy-turvy, that's a good old phrase, isn't it? Wasn't there, wasn't there a topsy-turvy Mr. Man? Was it Mr. Topsy-turvy? 
pretty pretty certain there was. Um, we've got a few little things to play in later. Um, we are going to be talking about David Walliams is suing Britain's Got Talent producers Fremantle. I don't know if this is an entirely sensible thing that he's doing. Discuss. What are, we, what are our feelings on Mr. David Williams? Okay, so this is the story that he's suing the company behind Britain's Cult Talent. I don't know if you remember, there, there was a hot mic moment where he was heard stating and saying derogatory things. He called a pensioner a C-U-N-T. He said that another woman was like the slightly boring girl you meet in the pub and th- you think you want to F them, but you don't. Not only has he reminded, yeah, and, and people have, a lot of people have said this is very, very misguided. This is a very misguided move to to sue, and obviously the Sun has drawn some scintillating kind of uh, conclusions from this. They, they've run a headline that says this, which I think is quite quite perceptive of them. Simon Cow and uh, Simon Cow and uh, David Williams' friendship on the rocks after uh, on in inverted commas. After former show star Sue's Britain's Got Talent. I think that's an assumption. We don't know that for sure, as someone says. But I do think that this is... Mm, I don't know if this is... In, 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 in the current climate, that's all I'm going to say, I don't know if this is an entirely sensible move by David Williams. Because as you rightly say, Nance, it, what it does is it kicks the story back up. I, I had forgotten what he'd said. Yeah. Okay, right. So this is, so let me here. just explain quickly. The reason he's suing is... He's alleging, obviously, a data breach, a data breach. You know, someone's leaked this material. Uh, uh, and so it, so he. what that says to me is he really doesn't mind as much about what's been said as the fact that it's been revealed. So it, what does but, it make of his apology? But I think it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because, I mean, as, as, a, <sighs> as a TV presenter, as somebody that, mm. you know, has a microphone on every day, I am astonished by how we, you know, everybody, everybody in the business will say things and just put their hand over the mic and just go, and you're just like, no, you can still. Um, I do think things can be massively taken out of context. I do think you can say things that are very dark humour that you might say to, you know, a colleague or somebody Mm. you've worked with for years. And a bit like... um, you know, in the medical world, if, if if doctors were miked, some of the things that they would say would just be, because I, I worked on a hospital show, I, and some of the things, honestly, that doctors and nurses say are just so no. shocking, but they come from like a dark humour and da-da-da. Yeah, I don't actually think that with this David Williams thing at all. And what he's done is reminded me of how fucking horrible what he said was. But you are told categorically that you are never alone with a microphone, that everything that you say, you have to be aware of. So I'll be really interested to see whether he actually has a case here, or maybe he's got incredibly clever lawyers that actually, I mean, they must think that they can win this. There must be something in data protection that will protect him for this. But I feel sorry for the company because it won't have been the company per se. Well, there'll have, have been a whistleblower of some sort who kind of leaked the footage. Yeah, the, a sound person. I don't know, somebody from the crew. <coughs> I, I don't know. Or somebody that maybe he's upset. Elaine Denny makes an important point. I mean, I think I'm not saying this is what you were saying, but it ended up sounding a little bit like only people who are on hot mics say things, you know, like whether it be surgeons or if you're filming or, you know, in every walk of life, everyone is says something in a sort of private setting. You know, yeah. you, you have your own chat rooms, WhatsApp chat rooms, you have your own uh, 
conversations. I mean, there's stuff that you would talk about between each other. I suppose, again, it's a little bit, I suppose, it nibbles at the edges of the Russell Brand thing. You know, there's the, and there's a lot of up, up, upset and, you know, any of our lives where we kind of even potentially say there's an alleged victim, there's a lot of people saying he's been judged, he's been found guilty, he's been, you've already, what's happened to innocent till proven guilty? We, we've long said we have to both respect the alleged victimhood of people, but also we also respect the fact that, yeah, you're absolutely right. Russell Brand hasn't as yet been charged with anything. And in this instance, he said what he said, but like you rightly say, is is the debate about whether we should all absolutely in a sort of democratic state, freedom of speech, et cetera, have the freedom to say whatever we want in our own private now the reason no, i think this gets this complicated is the professionalism with this. this isn't this isn't your own private home and like, also can i just finally anything... say and then you can jump in um i also think he was saying it in a room in front of an audience you know this was a public space with members of the public there too so i don't actually think it is the same it's not the same at all because if you know like sometimes when we've been like chatting t- too much like in, in loose women in the breaks and stuff and, you know, we have a great relationship, all the crew and, and, you know, the producer or the director might say, you know, come on, guys, professionalism. And he, they're right. You know, we should always be told off when we are chatting too much on those mics because actually it is our responsibility professionally to always be aware that whatever you say is the audience. And we all fuck up all the time. I mean, just constantly because you're wearing it so much and you forget and you chat. Um, I think you have an increased burden of responsibility when you are someone in the public eye and you're engaging with and interacting with the public. Mm. I think it's the same with, I've seen many situations. In fact, I've had to enact, I don't know if you remember this, I had to enact a really harsh decision on an employee's contract in the past when they were, they wrong, they mistakenly sent an email to a contributor about something and that contributor came back to me uh, hurt and upset because in that in that email that had been sent to them, there was there was an, an issue that had been, you know you know description had been used. It was unforgivable. It was reprehensible, and the person involved was an incredibly strong employee, and I had to fire. I had to let them go, off the back of that. And so it's not just people in the public realm, I, you know, with a, with a public profile on hot mics. This is about people with any public-facing kind of responsibility. Yeah. I think there's a huge, huge responsibility. I mean, obviously, we're not going into it in much detail, but, I mean, you know, the Lawrence Fox thing. I mean, that was in, that was in cold daylight, you know. I mean, my God, if you could, if you, again, that sort of phrase, if you're saying this in public, what the hell are you saying In publicly? my opinion, I just don't think he's very well. No, he's not. He's not I mean, I, ge- I genuinely don't think no. he's very well. No, he really isn't. I mean, yeah. yeah. No, that whole story. So, uh, uh, Catherine <sighs> Cranin, honestly, history will not be kind to Williams. I think the crew had had enough. Interesting point. You're never point. alone with a microphone. Um, here we go. Uh, yeah, Theresa Hutchinson, he had his mic on whilst filming Britain's Got Talent. When he went to the loose, slagging up contestants, forgetting the mic was still on and everyone heard what he was saying. I mean, you know, it's, <clears throat> you've got a microphone, you're working in a was public space. Was he in the loo? Yeah. Oh, because the microphone's supposed to be turned off when you go to the loo. Well, I've heard so many things in toilets, my God. Yeah. Not pleasant either. Okay, so that's that's David Williams. Um, Elton John is also in the news today. Uh, he's, he, quite rightfully so, him and his partner and other celebrities and charities. Sorry, I've got such a sore throat and runny nose. Mm. <coughs> um, Elton John and uh, are 
absolutely up in arms about the uh, Suella Braverman speech yesterday. Quite bloody right. As he says, legitimising hate and violence against gay people, even stating a caveat like she did, sends out an appalling signal, I think, to the rest of the world. Person. Yeah, absolutely, um, 100%. So, uh, yeah, they've led calls. Him and his partner released a statement via their AIDS foundation calling for more compassion, support and acceptance for those seeking a safer future. Um, it, we are very concerned about the UK Home Secretary's comments stating how discrimination for being gay or a woman should not be reason enough to qualify for <laughs> well, protection we, under We raged about this yesterday, didn't we, guys? But, but I was surprised by a poll that we, we popped up. I, I think the poll that we popped up yesterday, the results were, I was quite surprised by this. Um, let me just, just find it because, uh, look, uh, persecution for being gay or a woman is not sufficient reason to seek asylum. And I asked, do you agree? 37% said they did. Of how many people that voted? Uh, let's have a look. Um, of 500 votes. I think, I do think sometimes, Mark, though, I think that people, it's easy to forget just how, I mean, we are, you know, just forget just how dangerous it can be in so many countries to be gay. And I think people might just click on that with not really, really knowing. No, I agree. What, what, what goes on? Someone still. said under our live yesterday. Look, they don't. They don't mention the fact that in countries like Morocco, still you can be. You can be. I think you can be killed. I think you know, homosexuality is considered something incredibly, incredibly reprehensible in so many countries. In so many countries, and sanctioned. You're sanctioned to be violent against somebody that you think is gay. I'd have thought the surely isn't the bar that you have to reach is proof of persecution. Yes. Because you can't start having gradations of what, what's right persecution and what's wrong persecution. Yeah. So if you've been dragged into prison and tortured because you're gay mm. and you've been grabbed and, take, grabbed and dragged into prison and tortured because you're a journalist... You can't have a hierarchy Would you say the journalist can come in... Well, but the gay person can't. That's it it what goes she's back saying. to my idea of deserving poor and undeserving yeah. poor. I mean, you know, and, and, I, and I don't want to... I don't wanna, I don't want to throw the cat amongst the pigeons. I love that phrase. Because when you so think of a cat landing in the pigeons, it's just bedlam, isn't it? But, and I am going to go off just on a tangent briefly and then come directly back. Um, I think it's really, I think we have to be really careful about the assumptions we make about places, countries and people. This story really captured my attention. Uh, the Speaker of the House in Canada has quit because they were giving a standing ovation to a war veteran who they have very quickly and easily since discovered, he was actually very high up in a Ukrainian uh, garrison that actually supported and worked with um, the Ukrainian First Division that basically worked alongside the Nazis. Um, something that, and, and, and so the, the, the Speaker of the House has had to resign because he, he sort of didn't realise. Actually, they were kind of applauding a, a Holocaust Nazi war criminal, essentially, essentially. And my point about this being... That going back to the deserving and undeserving um, sort of asylum seekers and what have you, and we felt very much that there was a sort of a priority given to everyone from Ukraine, and everything that's happening to the Ukrainian people is absolutely unforgivable. Uh, um, Putin's argument that it's the denazification of, of Ukraine is a fallacy and a falsehood when he's enacting exactly the same kind of horrendous kind of you know human rights offences against all sorts of people, but. Things can be more than one thing. And Ukraine does have a Nazi 
far-right white supremacist problem. Um, and so I just think, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's important to say that when we sort of say that's a deserving kind of person who comes over, that's a deserving country for all of our support and everything like that, things are often just, you know, things often aren't as black and white as we like to think. So it's just, you know, I just, I just find it so... So, for example, I was absolutely shocked to find out that in Ukraine, uh, after World War II, Ukraine had the... I think they had the one instant of the second... It, it was the highest slaughter of Jews happened in Ukraine uh, during World War II, out, outside of Germany. I think there was something like 100, 150,000 slaughtered in, in Ukraine. So, you know... I suppose, why am I conflating these two things? It's just really important that, you know, anti-Semitism, you know, uh, homophobia can exist in all these countries. And whereas we might say, oh, just a blanket yes to everyone from Ukraine, you must come, you are deservingly persecuted. Mm. Actually, it doesn't work like that. We're very simplistic in the way in which we kind of assign justified persecution. So there we go. Anyway, just wanted to share that story. but yeah, so uh, sorry. The only reason I wasn't involved, Mark read that I hadn't read that story. So, um, and also I just needed to find a couple of things for the next. What we're we talking about? I'm going to go next? off and read into that. It's really interesting, Mark. Yeah, I didn't know any of no, that. it's massive, and it's a massive story. And if you actually, I don't want to. Uh, this is not Ukraine bashing, but this not is at all. not the individuals. Not at all. No, not at all. But really, we could, I personally think we could be in real danger of of inadvertently. Um, militarizing and and equipping massively equipping aspects of a ukrainian resistance force that have deeply deeply worrying uh, religious and cultural beliefs and i think sometimes in the west none of us want to understand that some problems have many facets to them remember the old phrase we can't deal with more than one thing because we're dealing with this well we have to and we have to think about all these things in more in more sort of nuanced nuanced ways so i think you know again swella bravman coming out going you know being persecuted i think the bar for kind of uh asylum has to be persecution not exactly. how yeah madness madness anyway um so one of the other things we wanted to talk about was the uh was your post yesterday wasn't it um yeah, I don't know if Nadia's call out mum. Well, I called it well, rant, which makes it sound irrational, but it wasn't. <laughs> Sorry. So you're gonna do you want me to play it? Play it, and then I'll have to. I mean, if you are out and about and you see this face, me, and you are being sexually harassed in whatever way, shout out, "Hey, mum!" And I will know that you need some help, and I will intervene in whatever way that I can. I promise you that. I promise you that. And also, older women, if um, you are being harassed, just say to me, hey, Nads, and I will take that as a signal that you are in trouble. And um, I will come over and pretend that we're friends and distract, hopefully, from something that is really uncomfortable, awkward, frightening for you. This isn't my idea. I saw this on Natasha Devon's Instagram, and she had seen it, heard Kath Bum on her podcast talking about this. Again, it's women trying to sort out this shit, but... If you feel the same way, if you feel you could do this, make a video, let's share this, let's get this going right across the internet, internet, not internet. Hey, mum. It's a great idea. It's a great idea. It is a great idea. And I was just looking for a message that was left under my Instagram yesterday. I can't remember. I couldn't find it. But she, this woman reminded me of when we were young, our mums used to say to us, 
if you're worried, look for a middle-aged look for a middle-aged woman. Mm. Look for a middle-aged woman, wow. and uh, now I wouldn't necessarily say that now for young children. Yeah, um, because of just the way the world is and the possibility, and nobody's safe. But but it, but I thought, oh yeah, that 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 because I think that's what Natasha Devon said in her piece underneath the Instagram. Can can middle-aged, what could middle-aged women do to support these younger women? Mm. And actually, I would take it on even further, mm. women supporting women. I mean, our eldest has done this a couple of times when she's been out and about and she's seen that a girl is yeah. worried. She's actually just said, oh, hi, and pretended that she's their friend. Yeah. Oh, love. Yeah, she's yeah, just no, done she's the biggest heart of that child. Um, and... Um, yeah, so it was, it, I, I just really, I loved reading so many of the responses yesterday. And um, it was it was interesting because Mark and I, when we were talking about doing this, you know, inspired by Natasha and Kathbun, we, we were saying, we as we would, we automatically said, because any like normal person would think this, we said, oh God, and they could be like a, a hey dad. And then straight after we'd said it, we went, oh God, yeah, but then... Mm, well, Natasha, start... Natasha Devon, I've got her comment here under me. I, I said something along the lines, I, I shared with you guys how I went chasing down a van, didn't I, recently after a run because they were harassing um, a young woman and I screamed out, hey, that's my daughter, leave her alone. She, mm. And she, she, sort of, she sort of ran away and they, they paused and then they stopped. And then I don't know whether the connection was made that, oh my God, if this, because there's that, what I think happens for men is if they think there's that sort of filial or kind of familial bond with the child, that a father is going to go to the next level of protection of irrationality. Do you know what I mean? I think they probably paused and then they probably thought, mm. oh God, if he is her dad, he'll go to any lengths to protect her. And that's mm. possibly what, and that's my thinking behind it, why it would be effective. But when I sort of shared that story and said, you know, this is what, I wish we could do the same. Natasha Devon made a very good point. She said, the problem is, whilst I know for a fact there are tons of decent guys out there who would do this in a flash, how in that moment does one distinguish between them and the sort of man who is the perpetrator yeah. of the harassment? But then I was true. thinking, and we didn't have time to talk about this last night, I thought there's a lot of young boys, <laughs> like sometimes when I'm going along in the car and I, I, I might see it at a bus stop and I can see a young boy or see a boy looking very intimidated by the others around them. Mm. And I was thinking, I wonder if they could be like a hey dad or a hey something for young men that are feeling intimidated to right, other men. Do you right. see what I mean? Oh, I see what you mean. And yeah, I was yeah. thinking, I wonder if that would be a good way for men to be involved. <clears throat> because I do think it's tricky if a girl is saying, hey, dad, it is tricky. Oh, it really is. Um, it really is. But it's a shame, isn't it? Because I said, I think I answered back to Natasha Devon and said, God, isn't it fucking so well, frustrating? Well, Martin says, it, isn't it sad that men have to think twice? twice. Yeah, because we were straight away. Oh, yeah, you could do, hey, Dad. Oh, hang on a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but some of these, uh, I got some great messages under my Instagram. I like this one. Uh, we did this in Ibiza for a young woman who was being harassed. I took her back to a hotel and saw her right to reception. My husband gave the guy a telling off He'd never forget. Yeah, well, I mean, that's working, to, you know, in, mm. in pairs. Um, I also got this. I also saw this on Natasha Devon's page, and I'm glad to see it's having a snowball effect. I work at the NSPCC, <coughs> and me. we're working to educate young people on this issue, which I think is great that mm. they, mm. I mean, it would be great if the NSPCC. Do you know what's funny, though, guys? So yesterday, when I was thinking of doing this video, I was really inspired by Natasha Devon, and I really felt like, oh, God, this is just meaningful. And then I stopped. And 
for an hour i was going oh god right okay so people are going to say well this oh and then people oh and then people are going to say well you know you're putting people in danger and you're doing and then you know what i got i got to the point where i thought fuck it just just fuck it Mm. it's just like we are so frozen Mm. by so many possibilities of what could go wrong Mm. you know hey mum you know just like well, I mean, in a, in a very small way, it's about taking control into your own hands, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's mean, like, I'm sick of feeling powerless. Yeah, you've got to... And the thought that somebody else might do that, because it takes a village. Mm. You know, if you think that I might just happen to be there when your daughter feels like that, or when... And it doesn't have to be a famous face. Mm. It can be like, do you remember the Angela? Do you remember the Angela thing that people were doing in the bars? Why can't yes. that just be something that yes. women do? This is a great idea. Look at this, Nanny Bluebell. I have safe shops in town that my grandchildren can go to in town that they go to if they need. I've spoken to the owners. It's wow. A, safe shops. That's a nice idea. Safe oh my shops. God. Is a that uh, is, wow. Just want to share this. Joni, my sister was harassed outside a local Asda. Not one passerby helped. She filmed the man and calling her names and the police did nothing. Not one person helped. Wow. You see, the thing is, it's not about running in and like screaming. So this needs to be a campaign on the tube. It I does. Agree. It does. I might ring up. What's his name? Sadiq. Yeah. Give him a bell. It's a good idea. I only give Sadiq a bell. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Because and also the other the other really counterintuitive thing that's really good about it. I'm not saying. I don't it's, know Sadiq. I'm not saying. I haven't got his no, number. I'm not saying it's only middle aged women that could do it. But I like the idea that that the saviour comes in the form of because of the mum aspect necessarily almost a middle-aged woman well no yeah exactly that is, so, that's the cloud and, cover and what i was just saying before that was that it's not about stepping in and like having a fight it's about like oh come on love you mm. know it, it's it's about like years ago i used to be a, the bouncer i mean years ago when i was 18 at the piccadilly theater and the reason i was the bouncer was because the way that i got people out at the end of the night was like come on don't be silly, mm. you know. And at the gate, because David Essex was on then, and the girls were like storming the, um, the the fence. And I used to go out to the stage door. I was employed to do this and just like chat with the girls and get them all calm before no. David Essex came. Out. Wow, calm down. Um, and that was when I was like, in, well, I was so young, I mm. can't believe it. But I was always quite mumsy, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. Good. Well, I think that's it. I think it should be a campaign. Okay, I'm going to pop up an image now. It's an optical illusion, and you have to say what the first thing is you see when you see it. Oh, okay. You've got one of two very clear options as to what you will see when I flash this image up. Um, but when you when I flash it up, just write, obviously there's going to be a delay, write what's, and say, literally, as I flash it now, say the first thing you see now. A cat. Right, okay, there you go. What, what you, do you see, guys? What do you see, guys? So obviously I've disappointed you. No, 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 you haven't disappointed me. I just think this is an absolutely fucking ludicrous story. Oh. <laughs> no, optical illusion reveals whether you are indecisive under pressure or cool, calm, maintain cool, calm composure in the face of conflict. Basically, it says something along the lines of, if you see the island first, mm. um, she said, if you saw the island first, you're a perceptive and outgoing person. Well, this is what I saw. Because you hate I being saw alone. a cat made out of, a, out of the image of an island. I didn't see two separate. I didn't think, oh, that's just a cat. I thought it's a cat shape out of an island. Lee says he saw an island. I, if you, I don't believe anyone will not see the cat first. Yeah, but we're seeing the cat within an island. Yeah, but maybe they're saying maybe you see means. an island first. 
I think this is nonsense. Well, have we got time to play the bear clip? <clears throat> yeah. On Keeping Cool, Calm and Collected? Yeah. Don't know if any of you have seen this on the internet, but have a look at this. We've Just watch, it goes on and on. The poor boy is absolutely frozen with fear. It reminds me of when the girls were scared mm, and she mm. used to do that. Can you imagine? That woman is just breathing through total terror. Look at her. You've got to always imagine She's, with a bear that they're like giant squirrels. It's, it's, and that boy, watch in a second, the bear sniffs over at the boy oh and watch how the boy just goes deeper into his mum or his aunt or what, whoever she is. Look, look, she doesn't. Oh. She just very slightly makes me cry, just the protection. No. She just very slightly moves back. Oh my God. But the person filming this. That's astonishing, someone filming it, yeah. I mean, that is the last question that you have. It's like, why aren't you on the phone to the police? I mean, maybe they had. But the but the but the calmness of the person filming it. But it's very good. I think they must know how to be around bears because I mean I filmed in America with lots of different bears, <laughs> and in Yosemite we filmed a car that had left its windows open, and it's like they're like critters, they're like squirrels. Mm. It's like and a bear had got into the car <gasps> and was sat in the passenger seat, just going through the picnic like that. I mean. They, and what were what were the people were the people in the, the car? People, no, the pe people well, oh. the people were away from the car, but they were, they just let it happen. You just have to let them happen. They're like gi giant squirrels. They're giant so squirrels. The the thing is, you don't move a muscle. Well, with different bears, you do different things. Because you got you you got caught by a bear. Well, I've been in a cage with a grizzly. We've caught grizzlies. We've filmed with American brown bears, and obviously, nearly got killed by a polar bear. So yeah, I, I kind of have some beef with bears. I think they're fantastic animals, but they are, they are, <coughs> interestingly, it's their claws that will, certainly with grizzlies, will take your face off in one swipe. I mean, they just, that's how they kind of, you know, open up their food and stuff. But yeah, I mean, when you travel around all these American parks as well, you, you, you travel with a backpack and a bear box. You have like, they're like little round boxes. And we came out one morning, me and Neil, uh, and it literally, we'd heard all night the bear play football with it, trying to get it open, oh it taking up the tree, it chucked it around. You're like, fucking hell, what's it doing with the bear, with the with the bear box? Joni, we need that woman patrolling the streets of London. <laughs> That's a very She's good the point. hey mum, isn't she? Okay. Do you remember the Guardian Angels years yes. ago on the tube? I loved them so much, so so much. They were like, they were so calm, yeah. and they were just a presence yeah. of like peace. I've got I don't an know what happened I've, to them. I've got an finally because yours was threaded with fear. Mine wasn't really an Anne Finally. No, no, because it was threaded with fear. But this, mm. this, this, this is definitely an Anne Finally. Aww. Just watch. Oh. Oh, the innocence, the sweetness. Oh, oh my God. His hand. Oh, it's really making me fancy cabbage. I love cabbage. Oh, so that's so sweet. So watching a beaver lowers stress, eating cabbage lowers stress by 17%. Mm. So there you go. Stroking guys. dog's ears do as well. Yeah. Stroking tough chichi's inside of her ear last night watching telling it's yeah. so soft. I find wearing your knickers and, does exactly the Mark, same okay, for stop. me. And the thing is about chichi, she does this amazing thing where oh. she just keeps nuzzling her head She's into you. She's a nuzzler. You. She's such a nuzzler. All right, guys. Well, that's your lot. So we'll see you tonight for the Curly Cooks. Oh, get, please don't forget.
What time? And 6.30, me and Lee will be doing a, a mental health chat on Instagram. And, and at 7 o'clock? Well, 7.10. Let's make it 7.15 because you can't go straight. Yeah, you yeah, will yeah. need to do preps and stuff. So 7.15, the Curly Cooks of Croydon are live. And it's going to be a goodie. So please join us. So we're now going to wave so that we're not cut off.